Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my god. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Shot, shot three. three. See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. I'm it was a little rough. Don't you do it. My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. Hey everyone, welcome to Three Shots In. I'm Jake. I'm Jess, and this is episode 17. It is 17. Yes, 17. I was confident when I said it. It sounded like a question that was a mistake. That's right. No, it was 17. 17's correct. I know. I know of course, is. of course. And today we're talking about contracts. Contracts. Mm-hmm. Contracts. No, nope, that's not how I worded it. I, well, that's how I phrased. Enunciated. It. That's how I. That's how I pronounced. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> English, stupid language. <laughs> uh, first, before we jump into absolutely anything, we have to thank the very special, the very awesome, and I'm sure the very beautiful patrons. Very attractive people, our patrons. Well, I heard by becoming a patron, you immediately earn two points on the the one to ten scale. The scale. Wow. Yes. That's a huge difference. Big bump. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Two whole points. And so we'd like to thank our very attractive patrons. They are mom and dad. Of course they are, because you and I are clearly attractive. Yes. Having started a podcast where people can hear our voices and not see our faces. We also want to thank Danny, Terry, Sweet Sam, Ricky, TJ, Jeremy, Abria, and David. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all, you amazing, attractive runway models, you. (laughs) Splendid. Excellent. And now, shots. I fucking hated that shit. We took shots of of Dirk's Texas gin. I was really hyped. The alternative was Beef Eater. I think I would have enjoyed Beef Eater more. I was really, really hyped for the Dirk's. Highly doubt it. I was really hyped for Dirks, and and it was nothing but fucking rubbing alcohol with a fucking orange peel in the bottle. Well, yeah, it's gin. It hurt. It's a Texas dry gin, so it burns. It's gross. Like dry gins do, but it's better than Beef Eater. I don't think so. Beef Eater is like the kind of gin you mix because the taste on its own obviously is awful. Dirks gin... Keepersol Texas Gin is fantastic. If you're a gin person, that's the kind of gin you drink all by itself. That's why we took shots of it, because it's so good. Gross. I'll buy it again, for sure. I know. Because I th- I remember liking it a lot. So I think we just left it in the cabinet for too long. I don't think that's true. I think that's what happened. I don't think. Well, you know, you're wrong, but it's okay. I normally don't. normally I don't, I don't, you know, judge other people's opinions. Sure. But you're wrong. So I don't agree that I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. Well, that's the second opinion you've had tonight. That's wrong. So that doesn't make any sense. One and two. Just opinions you don't agree. You're absolutely wrong. And for drinks. I'm sorry. So we're sipping on on some little 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 drinks here. I think they're fine. I wish I could taste a little more booze in them. Are they too sweet? They don't have sugar. Yeah, they do. I added a little splash of simple syrup. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So we got these little little gin and crayons. Well, not really, not really cran, because that would be that would be like cranberry juice. This isn't juice. This, this is, is artificially flavored. Yeah, this is cranberry waters <laughs> <laughs> that we mixed in with our gin and some lime and some simple syrup, and it's fine. It's fine. It's all right. Nothing to cry home about. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that in my recipe book. You know. We'll call it an okay gin and crans. Yeah. Yeah. Mid gin and crans. Yeah, I feel like I can do a better gin and cran than mm-hmm. this. It's mid. not mid. It's low. Mid is mid. 
Nothing to write home about. Okay. That's what that means. Okay. Wow. I'm hip and with it much more than you are. I would know. Well, you're so hip and with it, then update us on your super hip and totally in week. Well, I was on Twitter a lot this week. I said an update. You have 10 words or less, you stupid. Twitter a lot. A doesn't count. It does. Doesn't. Twitter a lot. Called a horse. Sorry, A doesn't count. Called a horse. A counts. No, it doesn't. Even by someone at church. Hate. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard heard someone called you a horse on Twitter multiple times this week. Yeah, many people now do because they listen to the episodes and... uh, Apparently, of all the things that could have caught fire, calling me <laughs> Horsica yeah. has spread even to my children. <laughs> yeah. I told them. I know you did. I told them to call you Horsica. I, I got it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, your mommy's a horse. <laughs> like, yeah. No, she's not. She is. She is a horse. Yeah. For <laughs> for those of you listening, um, and I know Hanto is one of them. Eventually, he will listen to this. And Lyle as well. And congratulations, you two, because someone at my church approached me and asked me if I had any relation to Sarah Jessica Parker. Because she looks like a horse. Because she looks like a horse. <laughs> yeah. Do you? No. Mm. I don't know, though. You got. You would have the same relation. You got the same face. Big nose. I don't know. I think I'm a love child, but we'll see. Wide jaw, round face, gumdrop. <laughs> <laughs> I just started saying things. You can't call me gumdrop. We look the same. No, we don't. I'm not a horse. Horseb. It doesn't have the same ring. Doesn't ring. No. It just doesn't ring. Anyway, how was your week? All right, here we go. Sacrificed much. Very disappointing news. Super lame. Not looking future. (laughs) Not liking future. There we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah, so, so, start with the sacrifice. Okay. Um, I've decided, you know, it's it's time. I lost some weight again. Okay. You know? Yeah. I, I went all the way down. I climbed back up. I'm, I'm going back down again. Sure. Uh, up and down, up and down. Here we go. And so, in order to do that, I sacrificed something dear to my heart. Was alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. Alcohol. No alcohol during, during the, the week. week. That's it. No, Monday through Thursday. Before before tonight, before with these shots, I was I was more than four days sober. And this morning, I thought, okay, well, I'm obviously I'm gonna go to fucking crazy this weekend, right? I'm gonna be drunk fucking twenty three hours a day, right? I'm assuming there's an hour in there that I'm not. And so I was like, all right, I need to step on the scale today. And I was looking down, fingers crossed, that I had gained weight. That way, I could continue drinking. <laughs> and I didn't. I lost six pounds. So I was like, fuck, fuck, this works. Yeah. So those hard seltzers after work, they sneak up on you. They, apparently they do. They're a hundred calories each. That's not a lot. But when you have like six of them, 11 of them, you know, it adds well, up. Look, have I once had, you know, 16 Cayman Jacks in a night? Yeah. Have I once had 20 Bush Lights in a night? Yeah. It happens, Jessica. It happens. I'm sure. Very easily. Sure. You don't think much. And then next thing you know, you're dipping into the third case and your fiance is like, oh my God, those are expensive. What are you doing? Fucking you're, you got a problem or some shit, you know, like some stupid, annoying shit like that. I know. Gross. She's wrong, by the way. Because if I had a problem, I would have had the shakes and look at these. It's rock steady. Yeah, it is. You've got no problems at all. I, None. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> None. I am steady and firm. I don't, I never had the shakes. Not once. Okay. 
Now I've been I've been swallowing my Listerine every morning. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That'd be funny though. That would be right, really just, funny. Just fend off the shakes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so do we have a special guest who will be joining exclusively today for the wheel spins? Yes, he he does dip in a ca- on occasion. Yes. And that is my dear sweet husband Terrence, aka Terry. Yep. She's about to go open his iron lung <laughs> and wheel him in wheel here. him in here. <laughs> be right back. Time to spin the wheel. That's right. Terry's here. Terry say hi. Or delay. He's here for the wheel spin. Terry, would you please do the honors? See. Of spinning the wheel. Good job. All right. No hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Next yeah. time, move a little slower. I was in the middle of speaking, but no, I'm a I'm a man of decisiveness. That was a that was a, deci- a decisive spin. <laughs> All right. Well, we landed on. Would you rather have an at home chef or an at home maid? Both want to kill you. Neither can poison you. <laughs> That's weirdly specific. Yes, yes, it is. Did someone send that in? That was a. These are all actually. The wheel was replaced. We have. We no longer have anything of our own writing. <laughs> this is all. This is all mail in. Mail in wheel spins. So there we go. Um, That's an easy one. Is me. it really? Yeah. So like, if you think about it, a chef, right? Okay. Has all these sharp ass tools, right? Mm-hmm. So that means like he's if he wants to kill you, he probably wants to kill you. Like, but he can't poison you, so he's gonna like slit your throat. Whereas like a maid, what does she have? Like a vacuum. A broom. She's gonna like beat you to death with a fucking Swiffer. You but know? but the chef has only access to the kitchen, maybe the garage if he's grabbing some supplies. I guess it would suck if he but, like, threw your face on a burner or something. Well, no, pantry. <laughs> pantry. The pantry. If you're rich enough to have an at-home chef, you yeah. have a pantry with all the ingredients he needs. You have, he you, or have she. A, you have a chef's kitchen that's separate from your own. Exactly. Yeah, but with the maid, she has full access to the entire home. Well, there you so go. next thing you know, you're going to walk into your closet. Boom, noose. She's, you're, it's a trap. It's a booby trap. You're going to get lifted up off the floor. So hold on. That's what I'm saying. At least with the chef, it's like you kind of feel like maybe you know when to expect it. We'll see with the chef, they have better access to weapons, but less access to your personal home. Whereas the maid has access to everything, but mm-hmm. less access to weapons. Mm-hmm. Next thing she you know. She also knows where you hide your guns. Next thing you know. But. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yep. Jessica, right, puts on the monthly strap on Mm -hmm. and, you know, just goes to town like normal. And little do you know. Well, flavor of the month. Maid snuck a little knife in there in the the strap on. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't know how she did it, Jessica, but she's a little genius. What's the name of that show? The one with the the one the one with the mansion where like all the ghosts live and shit. American Horror Story. Yeah. Oh. She's going to American Horror Story your ass. Yeah. Literally. Your ass. Yeah. <laughs> because she's hiding it in my strap-on. Or she'll like, seven your ass. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm easily, I'm going with Chef. Because I'm going to make Chef cook while I'm not even home and just put everything in the fridge. There you go. Yeah, I feel like Chef has higher reward. Yeah. Whereas made, it's- Made, you're always on your toes. Super convenient, but <laughs> you don't even, be after you, you have constantly. no idea where to expect the maid. Yep. See, I thought that was a really fucking bizarre question, but it had interesting answers. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it sounds like we all decided on the chef. Yeah, come on. All right. Yeah, I don't think Maybe we want Maybe it would be brutal as fuck. Uh-huh. She's going to find a fucking horrible way Booby to kill your ass. She's going to, maid is going to find She's like, I had to fucking clean this bastard's shitty toilet. I'm going to make him die in the worst way mm-hmm. ever. Look, chef made Chipotle last night. What can I say? I'm sorry, maid. Okay. That toilet was a mess. <laughs> 
There was a little blood in there. So what? Well, you can't have both. Okay. You can only have one. So you well, had actual Chipotle. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then you ruined the toilet. That explains it. <laughs> uh, no, but I feel like Maid's going to get you in some sort of like final destination way. It's going to look like, like a, a total accident. A piano really drops elaborate. on you or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. Like you're going to like slip in the kitchen or whatever. And you're going to reach for the, the towel and all the knives fall and just stab the shit out of you or, or you trip in the shower. And next thing you know, you're just garroted. Ah. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. These are both. She's had a lot of time to think. Mm-hmm. Oh, she planned. She takes her time. She doesn't yeah. want you to expect it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like a home alone kind of like obstacle course. Kevin McAllister. Yep. Yeah, she's, she's a genius. She convinced you. <laughs> she convinced you that your house needs cleaning every day. When really, she cleaned that bitch in a day, and she was done. Right? She was like, "This needs like one week touch up at most." So she's in there for four extra days a week doing what? Snooping, Planning probably. Your demise. Fucking plotting, Jessica. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> she could cut your brakes in your garage. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. Uh huh. She has access to my brakes. Exactly. That would suck. Chef's only in one place. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's just got all the knives is what he's got. Except he could rig the deep freezer. You open it. Boom. Explosion. Nuggets just lodge into your chest. <laughs> Nugget shrapnel. <laughs> I'm assuming you only have nuggets in your freezer. <laughs> no, no, no other. we have hash browns too. <laughs> Those little bastards are no sharp. Other, no other forms of real meat. <laughs> no, it's birdshot frozen peas. <laughs> Well, okay. Chef it is. Chef. Is Terry finally gone? He's gone. Fuck. Thankfully. I know. He's so annoying. Yeah. Look at him. He, he was just talking like he, he was the fucking star of this podcast. Stupid. Well, he was invited here. I he's, invited him. But he's not going to listen. So we can talk shit. No, I know. He sucks. Stupid. Stupid. Hate him. Me too. Anyway, it sounds like it's time for my notes. My story. It is. It is. Your contract's. Story. Story. That's right. Um, Well, I'm not going to lie to you, Jacob. My first thought was, you know, the basic thing everyone would think of when they think of contracts. And that's hitmen. Right. Everyone thought of that first. Yes. And I decided that I wasn't going to be basic. Mm -hmm. You know? So instead, I pulled a little TJ and I decided to twist the word. Instead of contract, I thought of contract. Okay. Contract an illness. Contract an illness or a disease? Yes. Illnesses, diseases, disorders. Oh, okay. Yes. Ailments of all kinds. Yes. And uh, at first I thought, okay, well, let's find like some exciting or interesting or mysterious diseases. There really weren't that many. Right. Pretty much most of them are known or at least have like some probable explanation, you know? Yeah. We're not in the 1600s anymore. Exactly. But it's funny that you mentioned that because in the 1600s, they didn't know what they were doing when it came to ailments. No. And so they had very strange ways of treating the diseases they contracted. Yes. And that's I'm, what I'm going to talk about. I know they bled people. Yes. They they used leeches on people. Bloodletting. Yes, leeches, all of that. Other than that, that's all I got. Yeah. See, those were the things I thought of first, too, and I thought there must be more. And I was very right. Oh, okay. I was super right on that one. Right, here A you. lot I didn't know about. Please. Oh, you have migraines? Here's some cocaine. Go to town. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. So I've got a long list of them here. We're going to start with cigarettes. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Smoking cigs was a medical treatment in the late 19th and early 20th century. Uh Uh-huh. You want to know what it was used to treat? You know what I do. I don't know what it was used to treat. I just know that doctors prescribed cigarettes. Asthma. Oh, 
Mm, yeah. oh. Specifically, as per this advertisement, Dr. Batty's asthma cigarettes. Since 1802, they were for the temporary relief of asthma, as well as hay fever, foul breath, all diseases of the throat, head colds, canker sores, and bronchial irritations. Not recommended for children under six. Huh. Yeah. It seems like cigarettes would do nothing but but hurt or or negatively affect all of the things on that list. Interesting. Including the six-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny that you say that, um, because there is a reason that we don't use them the we same don't, way We don't now. prescribe cigarettes anymore? Right, not for asthma and stuff. Really for anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's strictly recreational now. And there are a lot of warnings. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have an interesting note here. As far as asthma treatment, chloroform was also used to treat asthma. Like just just go to town on this yes. this rag with yeah. chloroform? About the same time, yeah. And <laughs> just 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 fall asleep or something? In in place of inhalers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I know most people, because movies make it look like chloroform works like instantly. Uh-huh. It doesn't. It's like a it's like a whole process. Uh-huh. Apparently, it takes like minutes. Sure. It works, but it takes like a while. So like that makes sense. I'm going to go ahead and say um, it being used in place of inhalers was a complete guess on my part. I'm basing that only on my knowledge of what chloroform does. Yeah. And the fact that they probably didn't have inhalers at this time. <laughs> well, you can't breathe heavily if you're asleep. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You can't struggle with breathing if you're passed out. Yeah. Next up, heroin. Oh. Yes, heroin was invented in 1874 by C.R. Alder Wright. Okay. Ironically, with the intention of being a less potent, less addictive substitute for morphine. I mean, I feel like it's right on, right on par. Incorrect. <laughs> so it was intended to help end the opioid drug, drug epidemic. They had an opioid drug epidemic back yes, in people back then? were, in fact, addicted to morphine. Right. So they thought, let's create a more effective and less addictive version of that. Okay. More, uh, you know, more effective pain reliever that isn't so addictive. Okay. And instead, they came up with the opposite of that. Right. Well, no. Well, it's as pain relieving, but it is, in fact, much more addictive. Is it much more? Much more. Ah. Yeah. So they, uh, heroin was put on the market by Bayer Pharmaceuticals in 1895. That's when it first came out. Bayer? Like B-A-Y-E-R? Yes, sir. Don't they make heart drugs? Aspirin? Yeah, like today. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're yeah. still around. They are. They went from heroin to aspirin. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, heroin, heroin-laced aspirin was marketed towards children suffering from sore throats, coughs, and cold. Ah. Some bottles depicted children eagerly reaching for bottles of heroin, with moms feeding their sick kids heroin on a spoon. Right, gotta start them young. Right, yeah. Um, knowing what we know now, clearly ill-advised. Yeah. Uh, however, it is still currently prescribed in the UK for pain, as well as myocardial infarction. What's, what's a myocardial infarction? Uh, I'm super not sure. I think it's heart-related, but I didn't look that up because it wasn't relevant to my notes. But yeah. it, it was it is true. It is true. Yeah, and fuck it. Yeah. If you got myocardial... Myocardial... Uh, myocardial. Yeah, if you got that, that, that fart chin going down... <laughs> uh, do some heroin. Do some heroin, it. because apparently it works. Yeah. Methamphetamine, up next... It was first synthesized by a Japanese chemist in 1893. The Japs made methamphetamine? They did. They're responsible for that. Honestly, that's kind of badass. I thought it was, I definitely, definitely. 
thought that was some hillbilly ass, you know, Appalachian mountain living person that created methamphetamine. I also wouldn't have been shocked by that. Wow. Yeah. It was the Japanese. It was. And it was treated, it was used to treat a variety of ailments. And those included narcolepsy, asthma, of course. I feel like narcolepsy and and maybe even asthma would help. As well as obesity. Okay. Can't eat if you're smoking rocks. No, you can't. Or smoking methamphetamine. No. In fact, there's a little advertisement here. And it says, uh, methedrine, which was the brand in this advertisement. Methedrine in obesity means help for those who eat too much, for those who are depressed. Methedrine dispels abnormal craving for food and subtly elevates the mood. Hungry? Try some meth. Yes. That explains why tweakers are so skinny. It, well, sure. They're nowhere near obese. No, no, they're not. So it worked, obviously, as advertised. It at least, it reduced your weight, that's for sure. Nice. Next up, Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Whoa, where did Kellogg's Corn Flakes come from? What do you mean? You were listing drugs. And now you're listing Kellogg's I'm Corn Flakes? only listing treatments for... Oh, for, for diseases that con- have been contracted. Contracted disorders, diseases, okay, and well, illnesses. What does Corn Flakes treat? Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Founder William Keith Kellogg and brother John Harvey Kellogg. They're brothers? Yes. The Brothers Against Masturbation? Yes. Wow. Yes, William was the founder. John Harvey Kellogg was a medical doctor and a health activist. He became the head of a church-founded health institute in Battle Creek, Michigan, which he called Battle Creek Sanitarium, in 1876. He didn't specifically name cornflakes as an anti-masturbatory breakfast, but he did believe that plain, bland diets were a good method to discourage it. Wow. Just don't eat flavorful foods because- So, so hold on. Kellogg's cornflakes- Yeah. Are supposed to make it so that you don't masturbate. So that you want to less. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that. Flavorful foods, they've got the spicy flavors, sinful salts. Oh. The fats and the demon sugars, all those things that make everybody uncontrollably horny. <laughs> right. You don't want frosted flakes. No. You eat some frosted flakes? Oh, man. You are going to be wanking- until you're raw. Those are masturbation flakes. Yes. Those are the devil's flakes the right devil's there. devil's flakes <laughs> is what they are. Um, on that note, he did deem other methods far more effective. For, to, to not masturbate? To discourage masturbation, yes. Okay, let me hear them. Next on the list, Kellogg's painful circumcisions and vagina acid. Oh, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can't masturbate if you're in pain. Yeah, actually. Oh, Doctor, my God. Dr. John Kellogg wrote a book called Plain Facts About Sexual Life, and it's quoted saying, a remedy which is almost always successful in small boys is circumcision. The operation should be performed by a surgeon without administering an anesthetic. Oh my God. As the brief pain, brief, attending the operation will have a salutary effect upon the mind, especially if it be connected with the idea of punishment, as it may well be in some cases. Boy, are you masturbating? I'm going to circumcise you. (laughs) (laughs) With no anesthetic. Come here. Bring me them shears so I can circumcise you. Oh my God. Yeah, that is a quote from his book. Also recommended other painful devices uh, be employed to physically prevent erections. Devices in order to keep this from happening. Like like cock cages? We'll get there. (laughs) Also, uh... He suggested that pure carbolic acid be applied to young girls' privates 
in order to deter their urges. What, let's just fucking burn away their clitoris so that they don't feel any pleasure in sex, therefore they don't want it? Yep. Huh. Yeah, important note, this wasn't like just something he gave to everybody. He worked in a sanatorium, so it was people who physically couldn't control themselves, allegedly. Um, I mean, look, it sounds like of all the things that people have, you know, boycotted, I feel like Kellogg's should be high up on that list, right? It really should be, considering <laughs> this history. Um, but in, I don't know, Devil's Advocate, it was also the late 1800s. So mental health had a very different definition at that time. Right. You had like spirits in your skull or some shit. Something like that. <laughs> and they weren't super concerned about being humane about pretty much anything. So that wasn't exclusive to them. I do have an excerpt from the book, though. <laughs> Let's fucking hear. What did what did Dr. Kellogg have to say? Oh, he had a lot to say. <laughs> okay. So one of his methods for preventing erections in the male genitalia, quote, it consists in the application of one or more silver sutures in such a way as to prevent erection. The purpose, or foreskin, is drawn forward over the glands, and the needle to which the wire is attached is passed through from one side to the other. After drawing the wire through, the ends are twisted together and cut off close. It is now impossible for an erection to occur, and the slight irritation, slight irritation, thus produced acts as a most powerful means of overcoming the disposition to resort to the practice. He's literally stapling it closed. What the fuck? Yeah. That's fucking nasty. And in females, the author has found the application of pure carbolic acid to the clitoris an excellent means of allaying the abnormal excitement and preventing the recurrence of the practice. So, so, so Kellogg's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming the Kellogg family had to do with this. I mean, they're and, Dr. John did. That's for sure. Wow. That's nasty as shit. It's fucking wild. I'm pretty glad they didn't, you know, continue to do that to people. We got to look up what General Mills did. Because <laughs> if Dr. Kellogg did some experience, General Mills did war crimes. Tony the Tiger's <laughs> clamping people's dick holes closed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shock treatments to cure impotence. Impotence? Yes. Around the same time, doctors introduced galvanic baths, or bathtubs, filled with electrodes. What? Yeah, they were supposed to restore sexual desire in, like, six sessions. So you'd take a an electrocution bath. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you take a sparkly bath, and, and what? You're supposed to all of a sudden be your, so horny. Your, your wiener will be fixed after you're, six sparkle baths. Yeah. You're so you're so ready to go to pound town after. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Um, however, you know, if that didn't work for you, some did opt for a more direct approach. Just straight from the tap. You shock my cock immediately. By inserting rods with. Current. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, 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 I was thinking like those clamps or the little rod, the prods. Oh, there were rods. <laughs> no, no, it's like the prods, you know, they touch on the side of your head and they put a little like apple in your no, mouth. There was and, nothing and on the sides of the head. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes, rods with currents running through them were inserted into the man's urethra for five to eight minutes, once or twice a week. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yes, and this was voluntary. People who couldn't get hard thought this was the way to go about Dudes it. Dudes were like, you know what? I can't get it up. 
So let's fucking zap me from the inside out. Yeah, they yeah they did. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. They wanted virility, and they would pay any price. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, did it work? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> next up, I mean, probably not because they don't still do it. True. It was voluntary, so like, if people still True. wanted to, volunteered to do it, I'm sure they still would if it was actually a Viagra, electricity in a pill. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in your wiener. <laughs> yeah, put it straight down the urethra. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Vin Mariani. I don't know what that is. I know. It was advertised as a French tonic wine, and it was a cure-all, apparently, in the eight, in 1863. So it was advertised uh, to say that it fortifies and refreshes body and brain, restores health and vitality. It was extremely okay. popular. It was endorsed by famous people of that time, such as Thomas Edison and even the Pope. Ah, you've heard me talk about Catholics. If the Pope said this is good, sure. I, don't, I don't want any part of it. Okay. Well, Thomas Edison wasn't Catholic. He liked it too, like a lot. I also don't like Thomas Edison. We'll get into that in another episode. Okay. Well, they both fucking loved it. Um, and a lot of other people did too. And that makes sense. Because it contained, every serving contained around six milligrams of cocaine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Per fluid ounce, actually. Six milligrams per fluid ounce. Yeah. She getting fucked up. Super fucked up. And they felt fucking great after they drank it. Well, what was this to, to, what was the tonic for? Well, I mean, for feeling good, you know? Oh, good okay. Times, yeah. But also a cure-all for like literally anything. Because you felt so good after, you forgot you were sick with whatever it was you were sick Oh, with. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Feeling depressed? Have some cocaine. Cocaine about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it just so happens that Vin Mariani was the inspiration for Coca-Cola. That makes sense. Which also originally contained cocaine. That's yeah. right. That's mm -hmm. right. Next treatment. Malaria. Okay. I really don't know much about malaria. Mm -hmm. I just know it's a disease. It is. And it was also a treatment. Beginning- uh, Whoa, 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 what? It was a- This isn't what's this being- isn't, This isn't a treatment for malaria? This is what was administered. They were- <laughs> They were delivering malaria yes. to treat stuff? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Beginning of the 20th century, uh, patients who were suffering from syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh no. They were treated. You have a, you have a little STD? <laughs> no, we're not going to give you antibiotics. That would be lame. Here's some malaria. Well, they didn't. I don't think they had antibiotics. Go die about it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> The, the syphilis infected, they were treated with malariotherapy. How? I don't know. They like caught mosquitoes <laughs> with tweezers and had them bite you. I'm not sure. <laughs> but they were deliberately infected with malaria. And the logic behind it was that the high fever that your body went into after that Would was enough. The it was a high enough temperature, yes, to kill the temperature sensitive syphilis bacteria. And I'm not going to lie to you. The notes said it was effective. <laughs> Only 15% of patients actually died from malaria. How men, how, what percentage were just infected with both syphilis and malaria after that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Here's yeah. a second disease. Yeah. Get, get, you're going to get two doses of malaria uh -huh. every day for a week. Mm -hmm. That'll, that'll fix you up. Next treatment. Literally the word abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, to treat malaria. <laughs> hey, Doc. I'm not feeling so good. Here, write this down. <laughs> Abracadabra. <laughs> yes. Roman physician in the third century CE. 
told his patients to write the word abracadabra over and over on a piece of paper. <laughs> one with one letter less every time until all they were left with was the letter A. Tie the paper with flax and wear it around their necks for nine days before tossing it into an east running stream. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, no. unsurprisingly, this didn't work every time. <laughs> so his, his prescription after that was to somehow acquire lion fat <laughs> and rub it on your body. Look, I don't know how you're going to get this man. <laughs> I feel like, and I mean. But if my ancient abracadabra spell <laughs> didn't work for you, you're going to need to kill a lion. Yeah. Third century CE, he was basically counting on you dying before you actually found lion fat. Oh my god. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, Jacob. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> and it doesn't get less strange. Okay. So next up is sitting inside a whale carcass. Oh. Yeah. Where, it, where, where did you where do you get a whale carcass? Australia's southern coast, apparently. They just show up? I guess. <laughs> okay. Enough that Doctors were prescribing sitting inside of whale carcasses in order to treat rheumatism. I don't know what rheumatism is. Neither do I. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have time to look it up and also no interest. Okay, hold but, on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I have I have my smartphone right here. What is rheumatism? Okay, it, it's like an arthritis. Oh. It says uh, conditions causing chronic, often intermittent pain, pain affecting the joints or connective tissue. Yes. Okay. Okay, so you got some pain in your joints? Go, go sit in a whale carcass. Literally sit inside a whale carcass that is rotting. And it was believed that if a person sat inside the dead whale for 30 hours straight... Whoa. ...that their joint aches would be relieved for up to 12 months. That's a whole year. Isn't, isn't it worth 30 hours? 30 hours to sacrifice for a whole year of no pain? I a mean, whale that carcass looked... just washed up on the beach. On the beach. On the beach. You might not get this opportunity again for a long time. Right. Go sit inside it. I feel like you're going to get sick. Why? From sitting inside of a rotting, decaying whale carcass for 30 hours, inhaling all of those nasty-ass fumes. Do you know that? Uh, you know what? I guess I don't. I, you know, I'm not a doctor. You're not. Here I am trying to give medical advice. I don't know. You could get a full year of relief from your rheumatism aches. Yeah. Are you willing to give that up? The aches or, or the carcass? The opportunity. I would give up that opportunity. <laughs> I would, I would, that'd be a hard pass. Okay. Well, I'm sure lots of people agree with you. I know I wouldn't be excited about it, but I might try. If someone, no, look, if someone told me some whale carcass washed up, I'd be like, oh, sweet, free whale bones. You know, those sell for a pretty penny. Do they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, next up in the list of treatments for ailments contracted. Okay. Cannibalism. Oh my God. For hundreds of years, up until the uh, 1890s, parts of human bodies were used to treat illnesses. For example, medicine containing actual human liver was used to treat epilepsy. Most commonly, it was human blood, human fat, human bone, and flesh. Look, it, it may just be like the Alex Jones in me, but I don't think I would be surprised if human organs had some sort of effect to help other humans. Okay. That wouldn't shock me. I don't know that I would, you know. Hey, here's a human liver. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would eat a human <laughs> liver to, to cure myself, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I feel like that could be a thing. Well, maybe it was. I know 
I have here in the 16th and 17th centuries, many physicians actively prescribed what they called corpse medicine. Oh. Yes, it was, in fact, medicine made of corpses. One of the most popular remedies, in fact, uh, also used as a treatment for epilepsy, but also for bruising and hemorrhaging, was a powder made of smuggled Egyptian mummies. Oh, that's gross. Maybe it worked. Is Maybe it, it did, but that's it, gross. It yeah, you? you know, I feel like it's got to be like fresh. They're no longer you know? hemorrhaging because of the mummy that you know, like, like oh, he's an organ donor. Sweet, my cousin has epilepsy. I'm gonna rip his liver out and take it or whatever. I wouldn't be shocked by that. It's gross. It's disgusting, but I wouldn't be shocked using mummy dust and expecting that to work. That's gross, and that doesn't make sense at all. It's old. It's barely even human anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, paper and dust and they bone. Don't, they don't use it anymore. Now, maybe it was effective and all the fucking selfish history museums are hogging all the mummies. Yeah. And we don't get that mummy powder and we're all still sick. Uh, so there's a bunch of conspiracy theories about, you know, really high up, like the top 1% and mm-hmm. like celebrities and shit, like right. drinking human blood and shit to okay. stay young yeah. and looking pretty. Mm-hmm. Like they say, that's what Tom Cruise does. Okay. But did you know? That I can't remember her first name. Fox. Megan. Megan Fox. And her husband admitted to drinking each other's blood. Oh. Like all yeah. the time. And they're still young and hot. Yeah. But so maybe there's something to it. They haven't been together for that long. But maybe there's something to it. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like you have an interesting conversation you need to have with Danny. I'll drink her blood. I don't got a problem with blood. I mean, you have that opportunity once a month. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want that blood. The least invasive way to do it. I, I want to invade. I don't want <laughs> I don't want that kind of blood. I want to be invasive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Mercury. Uh, isn't mercury like super deadly? Yeah. But did you know that it was once used to prolong life and maintain good health for hundreds of years and treat diseases such as melancholy, which is just sadness, syphilis, which syphilis is back a lot of things have been used to treat it people were very desperate apparently a lot of people contracted that (laughs) a lot of a lot of people getting around apparently mercury was also used to treat influenza okay now of course we're much wiser and we know that inhalation of mercury vapor can damage one's internal organs such as the lungs and kidneys it can be fatal and if it's ingested it can also induce kidney toxicity Mm. but at one point, it was sold in tablets that were wintergreen flavored. Oh, I might take some of those. I like wintergreen. Wintergreen. That's my favorite sort of gum. Minty. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Next up, radium water. Uh, uh, radium water? Like like the nuclear atom radium? Inside water? Like the radioactive chemical? Yeah. Yes, the exact kind. <laughs> Supposedly, it cured arthritis. Well, sure, because it's killing all of your cells in your body. Impotence (laughs) and aging. Oh, you won't age. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to pause your aging right now. Brands such as Radithor, sold as energy drinks in the 1920s, were advertised as a cure for the living dead. 1920s? And perpetual sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) They're just drinking radiation? Sloshing it down, yeah. In the hopes of staying young forever. Well, they did, probably. Yes, yeah. There was also the Revigator, also sold in the uh, early 20th century. It was another radium water brand, and it was found in hundreds of thousands of households. Hundreds of thousands hundreds of households. Hundreds of thousands. And it contained also arsenic and lead. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Because we'll just sipping the radiation wasn't going to kill yeah. you. Let's Coffee just add... takes too long to drink. May oh as well my God. whip out some Revigators and, you know, carry about our morning. Jesus. And on that note, we're moving on to arsenic and strychnine. I don't know what strychnine is. It is also poisonous. Okay. So it was prescribed separate, and arsenic and strychnine were also prescribed mixed together to treat diseases like uh, trypanosomiasis. <laughs> Tripping over my asses? <laughs> <laughs> I can't here pronounce that. It's that second word or the first word there on that line. Second line. Tripano? Oh man. Trip trypanosomiasis. <laughs> Trypanosomiasis? I don't fuck oh that sounded way more medical. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Trypanosomiasis and syphilis. Another <laughs> Do I, why is everyone why is everyone trying to cure syphilis? I don't know why everyone still has it. There are so many ways to treat it. <laughs> What? How does syphilis keep popping up? <laughs> what do you mean, how? <laughs> oh, I mean, how many people actually have syphilis? Thomas Edison did. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he wasn't super worried about it. There were a lot of things he was using to because, treat it. Because he had things to treat it. He had malaria right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next is uh, something called trepanation. I don't think you've heard of it. I hadn't. Trepanation is the practice of drilling, cutting, or scraping holes into your skull. Into your skull. Yes. Yes. Oh, you have heard of it. Yes, I have. Okay. Um, well, apparently it was used for a really long time, like like hundreds and hundreds of years. Yes. Up until the 19th century. Because they thought that mental illness was your brain literally, like, they thought it would relieve pressure and therefore release mental illness. Additionally. Syphilis? <laughs> head trauma. Yeah. They thought it would tr head trauma would treat head trauma. Yes. Trauma to your head would treat trauma to your head. Which technically it does. Does it? It does. If you're gonna do brain surgery. Okay. Right. Yeah. They they literally gotta cut your skull off and then go and do the surgery and replace the part of the skull. But the intention is to put it back. Yes. Now, so technically, they were spot on. They just missed the mark a little bit because they just drilled directly into that bitch. <laughs> right. No, just bam. No real thought. No. To what was going on next on the list an ancient egyptian treatment okay crocodile dung ugh yeah dung yes like poop yeah That's to gross. treat unwanted pregnancy <laughs> that'll do the trick <laughs> to prevent it actually fuck yeah that'll not do the to trick. treat it to prevent no it. that'll do the trick right there damn girl like you're so hot you know we're at we're at the cleopatra ball let's go back to my place ding it kind of smells like crocodile shit in this house <laughs> Well, does I've my, got a Does my house smell like crocodile shit, or is that y'all pussy? <laughs> yeah. No, that's very effective. Good I mean, it must have been. But but I'm pretty sure putting putting poop in your vagina is not healthy. Super dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna cause other things. Next up is uh, the treatments for an ailment. Okay. Bibles. Uh -huh. Or a dead man's hand. <laughs> Either will do the trick. Either will do the trick. Okay. Right. So 1747. German anatomist Lorenz Heister. I assume that's the German way to pronounce it. It looks like Heister to me. You can say it a little more angry. Lorenz Heister. Perfect. Wrote down a bunch of different ways to treat something called Bible cysts. Bible cysts. So like like two words. Bible cysts. cysts. Yes, two words. Like like yeah. C Y S. Yeah, like I have a cyst, but it's the Bible kind. It's the Bible kind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and treatments for these kinds of cysts. Included strapping a bullet that had killed an animal to the cyst. 
And what'd that do? Treated it. <laughs> <laughs> they typically occur, just for your information, on your like hands or wrists. You just, you just, you just strap a animal killing bullet? You kill an animal with a bullet and take the bullet out and you strap it to your cyst. And that'll help. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. And what also might help is touching it with a dead man's hand. Huh. I imagine in 1743, those were easier to find. I would imagine a Bible is easier to find than a dead man's hand. Probably. And that's, in fact, one of the treatments. Was the Bible. Hitting it with a heavy book. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they were called Bible cysts. <laughs> you, got, you got one of them cysts poking out. You just bang that bitch down with a heavy ass book. Just beating your hand with a Bible. You just pop that motherfucker right Oh, under. my God. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And uh, so the list has ended, but I do have just a handful of honorable mentions. Okay. These honorable mentions were specifically used to treat the effects of alcohol and hangovers. Okay. And they are ground up bird beaks. Oh. Owl eggs. Oh. And poop teeth. <laughs> Hey, you got a hangover? Yeah. You want to never have one again? <laughs> Drink this. Tea made of poop. Poop tea. Yes. So the ancient beaks, they had no, the beaks, the ground up beaks were used in ancient Assyria. Okay. They thought, let's kill a few birds and grind up their beaks. That'll cure this hangover. Owl eggs and poop tea were used in the Wild West here in the U.S. What kind of poop? Rabbit poop. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's like the cleanest kind of poop you could have said. Highly doubt it. Rabbit poop? Any poop. I feel like rabbit poop is far cleaner than the poops that I was thinking. You got really grossed out by crocodile poop up inside some Egyptian's vagina. I wouldn't be drinking some crocodile poop tea, Jessica. <laughs> but rabbit poop tea? How bad is my hangover? <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to drink it for three days. So oh, not worth it. I don't know what kind of hangover. Wild you're West? What a bunch of pussies. Yeah. I thought they were like, oh, you wake up with a hangover, you just. Pick up another bottle of whiskey well, see, and go to town. See, this is what's confusing. Whose hangover is lasting three days? Pussies. That's who. Weak. The weak. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. If I ever have a hangover that lasts three days, yeah. kill me. Because apparently I'm 170 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make you some poop tea. Just poop tea me to death. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, my God. I skipped one. And it was one I was really excited for. So backtrack. So this is not an honorable mention. This is a mention. Tobacco smoke enemas. <laughs> yes, practiced in the 18th century. Wait, wait who blew the smoke? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> requires, requires a really close friend. <laughs> practiced in the 18th century to treat headaches, respiratory failure. <laughs> Can't breathe. <laughs> Let me blow my smoke up your ass. <laughs> fix it right now. <laughs> Don't forget to toot some O's for me. <laughs> also used to treat the common cold. <laughs> oh, um, you got, the, you got the sniffles. <laughs> yes. Have I got the cure for you? More surprisingly, tobacco smoke enemas were used to resuscitate people <laughs> dying from typhoid and cholera. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're losing him. Quick. <laughs> Put this tube on his ass. <laughs> who's, got, who's got tobacco? <laughs> Light it up. 
<laughs> oh, yes. The belief was that the nicotine would stimulate the patient's adrenal glands producing adrenaline. <laughs> There's got to be easier ways <laughs> to do that. Oh, I mean, maybe there was. That There's probably a reason we're not just shoving like tubes up people's anuses and re- breathing tobacco smoke into Quick. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> I'm feeling ill. Everybody vape and blow, <laughs> blow your vape up my butthole, please. <laughs> oh. That's it. That's what I got. Whoa, you got a hookah on the table. Who's sick? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have fun with this for a long time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Incredible. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Thank you. You killed it. I'm sad Justine missed it. Justine is a dirty wench. Justine, our sister, was supposed to be a guest on this episode, and she couldn't make it because, oh, I I might have COVID a second time. She is literally the least of our, you know, siblings siblings our family our our us she's the lowest of us yeah she's the lowest of us <laughs> obviously me and you keep fighting for first place and justine is no she's not even like you know like honorable mention of like second place no immediately fourth place that's right <laughs> our icelandic brother who we met once <laughs> he gets the bronze he gets he gets the bronze <laughs> <laughs> oh man killed it you really did very excited about sharing that information i'm so glad (laughs) shit all right we gotta we gotta do a break i gotta pee i I gotta put some vape up my ass (laughs) (laughs) well luckily terry's in the other room he's right there and he's got an iron lung so the pressure is gonna be intense (laughs) perfect (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just kidding i don't know how iron lungs work there's there a lot of pressure just like a, i didn't know what an iron lung was i got it confused with an iron maiden the last time we were talking about it <laughs> i still don't know what an iron lung is you think hypothetical terry with no limbs was yeah. an iron maiden <laughs> That's what I thought everyone was talking about. And I was thinking like, damn, like apparently hypothetical Terry is like in the worst, worst shape of his life. And you guys are sticking him in an Iron Man. Only held up by the spikes. <laughs> he's, he's too scared. He's too scared to sit down. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Okay. I'm not defending myself. And we're back from the break. So, Terry, welcome back. Orderly. Again. Go ahead and spin the wheel, Jake. Thank you. No, fuck that. No, I'm fuck the you, guest Terry. right now. Get your hand away. Get get your hand away. You know, right. slapping a, what is it? Uh, a quad amputee. Of, right. You know invalid is is frowned upon yeah we wheeled places. him we didn't wheel him out of his iron no lung for you, you got to slap me that him in new, his face you got me that new uh that new chair i have to drive it with my teeth mm-hmm. mm. yes but i heard no never mind we're not gonna make a <laughs> we're not gonna make that joke right now okay <laughs> <laughs> uh all right best partner to have in a dance-a-thon best partner to that's have right dance-a-thon. you get to choose your partner also little little note here Losers are executed. 
Squid Game style. You are you are blasted if you lose the dance-a-thon. Carol Baskin was pretty good. Wait, hold on. Is it, what's a, okay, is it <laughs> no, dance- No, no, no. Dance contest? It's not a dance, a dance-a-thon is not about, about skill. It's about, about endurance. How long you can go. About endurance. Oh. You're trying, you're trying to last. There's only one winner. One couple. That's a winner. Yeah. Meaning everyone else will be shot. Yes. You either, you, in the game of dance-a-thon, you and, win and, or and you this, die. And this dance-a-thon, either you are blasted and oh, dead. I'm going to get blasted. Or. I have no stamina. Or you win or. the brand new 2022 Ford Bronco. Sport, of course. <laughs> it's death or Bronco. Death or Bronco. <laughs> choose your partner. <laughs> I think I I think I got it. Well, who is it? Nick Cage. Do you no. choose Nicolas Cage? Mm-mm. He did have some mad skills Mm-mm. in Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> I choose the, Oh, and he's drinking all those energy drinks? The world's strongest man. It's Thor, what's his name? Bjornsson. Bjornsson. I named him before in my apocalypse team. You you're gonna you're gonna dance a thon. Yes. With the world's strongest man. Yeah, because when I when my legs give out, he can carry me the rest of the danceathon, and we'll just shimmy. But he'll be when he gets me. tired because he's built for short births. No, not anymore. Births. You didn't hear that. He, you didn't hear that he just had a boxing match in which he went like a few rounds with a uh, fellow heavyweight. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you should see him. He now. worked he's, on his endurance. He's fucking shredded now. Wow. Yep. When okay. my when my weak untrained body gives out, his body with like you know all he has to do is just kind of like through his veins. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Like all he has to do is just do that little like whatever yeah. shuffle mamba until you get tired, and then you can yeah. You just got to shimmy, move the shoulders a little bit. You know. Yep. That's all. That's all that's necessary. What I'm saying he can get me there. But because it, I don't need to have this. I'm just saying because the the requirements are so low as far as the dancing skill required. That means you're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna be lasting a long, long time. You're gonna have to surpass them. He's really strong. Can he go 36, 48? Mm-hmm. Probably. He would just need me to periodically feed him. They their diet. They is do very allow demanding. now. I, I did do a whole thing about about danceathons. I would. <laughs> like I would be all of my clothing would be edible. I'd be feeding him. <laughs> as we were no, 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 no. They do allow for once every a certain number of hours. You the have like bra. a one of each of you can take like a thirty minute break to eat and use the restroom and then come back. So right. long as the other partner remains dancing, right? Jimmy, you're good. Our strategy would be endurance. So whenever he needs to take a break to eat food, which would be like every two hours, probably less. Sure. Every but thirty minutes. I would just he eats so fast though. I would just shimmy until he came back, and then he's reinvigorated and rejuvenated, and he would lift me back up, and that's that's how we would carry on. Okay. I think we could do it. Interesting. I think you're going to lose. I don't. I do. Well, who are you pairing up with? Neil Patrick Harris. Terrible mistake. No. Me and- He couldn't carry you at all. (laughs) He won't need to because he'll slap me across the face when I'm getting sleepy. Okay. You know know his wrists have strength. He can slap me. Well, if you want someone for a good slap- I don't want Bjornsson <laughs> to <laughs> slap me. He doesn't want to get say. his head taken off. He just wants to get woken up. <laughs> yeah, I don't want my neck to snap, <laughs> snap mid fucking dance-a-thon, okay? Oh, oh shit, sorry. Yoo-hoo, your neck is, your neck snapped. Yeah, no, I don't want that, okay? I Neil Patrick Harris, He he's a Broadway dude. He's skinny. He can dance. For a long, long time. Longer than me, probably. But yes. because he also doesn't want to get shot in the face, 
he will keep me awake and in it. Yes, the will to live yes. is, is a huge driving factor. That's true. Yes, although that would get him back in the headlines. You know, former actor of Doogie Hauser gets shot in the back of the head squid game style after losing a dance-a-thon. That'd be pretty cool. It's also weirdly, like, not the most shocking thing you could hear after hearing his name in a headline. <laughs> no, not really. Like, if he was going to go- you'd be surprised to hear. Right, yeah. because, well, you wouldn't. He would win. <laughs> I don't think he would. He would. I don't think he would. I think me and Neil would last longer than My you strategy is airtight. Yours requires all four legs to be working. <laughs> <laughs> Mine only requires two, and they're his. Okay. <laughs> Terry, remember, you're well, not competing with everyone. You're just I competing understand. against me and Neil because Jessica and Bjorn are dead. <laughs> I understand. I, I'm definitely dead, so I'd want to take somebody out that I can't stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Who are you taking down? With you? <laughs> Shit! He just picked someone with no chance. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, <laughs> he no, has no not chance. Anthony Hopkins. He can't make it no, longer like, than thirty like, minutes. It'd be like someone you don't like. It'd be like Alec Baldwin or something. <laughs> <laughs> Man, wait, there's someone you hate more than that. Well, sure. No, you have. There's a Terry. Terry has his own Nicolas Cage and Tobey Maguire. Who is it? Honestly, there's a lot of people like that for me, so I... You can only have one, Terry. You're not that special. There, I know there's one that bothers you more than anybody else. No, I just... Is it Julia Roberts? No, I don't have a hatred for Julia Roberts. She actually seems like she'd be pretty chill people. She just has giant horse teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Much does. like your horse wife. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. You must not have an issue with that, you know, horse features. <laughs> no, she's like... God, she's like... Like uber horse teeth. There like. is someone you hate. I know there's someone you. Oh my god, Amy Schumer. Oh fuck yeah, she could go. <laughs> I'll be like, hey Amy, I have this really fun, not Squid Game esque type thing. Yeah, totally not on. Squid Game esque. <laughs> Who said that? It's a dancethon. I have this event. We'll totally survive. <laughs> you should join me. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And I think that'd be fun too because 100, you guys would not win. Wait, no. but Amy, Amy also. Schumer. Amy Schumer or Sarah Silverman. I would take Silverman. a bullet for society so that she could disappear. Or Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Oh, she might no, last a lot no, longer. No, no, no. Sarah Silverman, I don't I don't have a problem with. It's it, like Amy, Amy Schumer is a perfect. That's perfect. I would take a bullet for society to make sure that Amy no, no, Schumer no, but and, is and also gone. You guys, like, look, she's not so old or out of shape that you would be one of the first eliminated. You wouldn't. You'd make it a little ways in, meaning the fear is building in her. You already know. You've accepted your death. Yeah. She hasn't. I know why I lured her She thought her she was here. coming for just, a, for just a cool dance. So you're dancing and looking at her like, I'm like yeah. She's like, she's she's like, like oh, yeah. I'm going to take a break. I'm like, yeah, let's take a break. Both of us at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, wow, a free Ford Bronco Sport 2022? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I want one. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, it could be yours. All we got to do is keep dancing. Just keep moving. And then blam, she sees the first bullet go off. She's freaking out. Second bullet, boom. Mm -hmm. She's losing her shit. What's I happening? She stops dancing. You slap her across the face. You stop dancing, you die. You're just adding to the fear. She, it's building, rising. Now see, the second she tries to bolt for the doors, I'm like, take me. <laughs> he just he just opens his <laughs> the arm. The time is now. The time is now. <laughs> I'd be like, can you do her first though? I wanna watch. <laughs> no, look, everyone everyone on the dance floor is gonna be getting a singular bullet to the head and Amy Schumer and we'll be like, be like ga, 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 ga. <laughs> everyone took a blast at her. <laughs> the Squid Game guards also hate her. <laughs> of course. Of course, they have Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
They've seen those specials. <laughs> In fact, that's all they have access to. Yeah. Oh, oh there's some so it's hatred. Retali- it's retaliatory. Hatred. Oh, yes. those trigger pulls then for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. They're like, I've heard, I've heard 90 too many vagina jokes, Amy. Yeah. You're going down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe gangy. Is that how she sounds? Yeah. Is that, was that her voice? <laughs> Most useless person. Anyway. Sounds like the voice they'd give her in South Park. It is the voice they gave her in South Park. It is. Yeah, Cartman goes, <laughs> what is it? Uh, oh, if you want to be a female comedian, all you have to do is walk around and say, my vagina a lot. <laughs> it was right after her special. It was perfect. <laughs> well, those are all solid answers. We know who's winning, me and Thor. You're not. Yes, we Me are. and Neil are taking you down. You're tenacious. And in remembrance, but you won't last. <laughs> in remembrance, you will honor my name after the game is over. Of course. Like, ah, of course. What the fuck? Yeah, that piece of shit who danced with Amy? I don't think so. No. <laughs> we don't want any association that with That amazing you. hero he that sell, ridded the world of Amy Schumer? For the good of oh, mankind. Yeah. Yes, look, look, Terry, we'll know what you did, but we will besmirch you to the media. I won't. <laughs> Thank you. Good looking out. I, I have no idea who that was that was dancing with Amy Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> Some unsung hero. <laughs> unsung hero what's well, it that's it we're good get out oh, okay you can stick around for jacob's story if you fuck want about his stupid story yes you do it's a really good story it is really probably really good it's probably really good so now that terry's gone yes it's time for my my story okay and you said this was about business deals yes so i i googled contracts gone wrong right or like fails or bad bad contract signing or whatever okay. clearly there was nothing but like like bad deals yeah and it was like nothing but fucking lawyers ta- like having on google saying like oh the best contract to have for your business or whatever so clearly i went to like page like i went deep deep into google mm-hmm. so we're in like the 20s when i found this ronald wayne and apple so okay apple Big company, right? Founded in 1976, right? Yes. Long time ago. Obviously, everyone knows Steve Jobs. Most people know Steve Wozniak. You don't know Steve Wozniak. (laughs) Okay, they're both geniuses, and they founded Apple together. Okay. But they had a third co-founder, and that was Ronald Wayne. Now, he was older than them. Far older. Far, like, much, much older. Oh. He was was what they called the gray hair. So, they called him this because... Apple as a company, it required a, an older, respectable person to kind of counterbalance, you know, the young, exuberant Steves, right? Okay. And so that's what his position was, essentially just like, hey, give us a credit to our name. Mm-hmm. And he did. And for this, he received 10% of Apple. And he, once they launched, he held on to his 10% for all of two weeks. Oh, no. Before getting rid of it. He was, he... He opted out? He, well, he sold it. He sold his 10%. He was scared because he thought that the business was going to fail. Uh-huh. And in order to recoup the loss of that, they were going to seize some of his assets. Yikes. So he completely just got rid of it. Okay. And he received $800. And one year later, Apple ended up sending him a further $1,500. Okay. In agreement that he would forfeit the right to any future claims apple which he took Mm -hmm. right made a quick 2300 bucks easy peasy yeah so obviously apple did not fail right apple 
did rather well for itself. Still very successful. <laughs> yeah. And his measly 10% stake would be worth about $80 billion today. Oh, no. But, but he got his 2300 80 billion dollars <laughs> that's right and then a uh, little like more uh insult to injury here uh in 1990 he sold the his his uh copy of the original contract that he had signed with apple he sold it to a memorabilia dealer for 500 dollars. oh no <laughs> and that very same contract <laughs> was sold in 2011 just 20 years later for $1.6 million. Oh my God. <laughs> Poor guy. I know. He literally could have been in the top 10 richest people in the world yep. if he had just had a little more faith in Apple. I, uh, what's I, what's the word? Hindsight? Hindsight is 2020. Yeah. So obviously. Everything's real clear once it's already happened. Yeah. So it's unfortunate for, for Mr. Ronald Wayne. He's probably dead now. I don't know. But anyway, so that's the end of that one, right? Mm -hmm. Very short, very sweet. And so then I, I went on a my, another hunt trying to find something. Have you heard of the site Quora.com? Yeah. So it's, it's like- It's pronounced Quora. Quora. So people ask stupid fucking questions and then like 90% of people give them stupid answers and 10% give them like honest answers. Yeah. So I saw a link to Quora and I clicked it on page like 30 something of Google. And it was the question being asked on Quora was, can I- make a contract with the devil. Interesting. And, and there was an answer. There were a few answers. Most of them were like, you know. Obviously. Repent, you bitch. Oh. Or oh, whatever. Okay. Some of them were like, no, you can't. Some of them were, I see demons all the time. In fact, I was possessed and raped by multiple demons. You shouldn't try to do this. Oh. Yes. Wow. But then one of them. Warnings. Kinda, yeah. One of them, one of them kind of stuck out to me. Okay. Because his answer to this question was, so remember the question, can I make a contract with the devil? His answer, the Beatles did. John Lennon was killed as payback for the pact with devil. Goggle it and see. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is no joke. You are playing territory of dangerous. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone Google, tra someone Google translated. <laughs> someone Google translated. English language. <laughs> Whatever they originally spoke into English. Yes. Aww. So naturally that one, that one really piqued my interest. And I was like, <laughs> okay, right. So this, this man told me to goggle this because, it, <laughs> because it is no joke. Right. Right. So I did. I, you goggled. I goggled it. this <laughs> and very quickly came up a list of celebrities that apparently allegedly sold their soul, they signed a contract with the devil. Now, most of these names on the list, there was a few, there was, you know, David Bowie and blah, 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 a whole bunch of people, uh, all the, like the big rock stars, honestly, mm -hmm. you know, Rick Astley, uh, who's the dude from Rolling Stones? Really wrinkly. Oh, um, we've talked about him before. He was in a Would You Rather, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Anyway. I, I'm having Mick trouble. Mick Jagger. There we go. Yeah, Mick Jagger, obviously, that he was on the list, but so was John Lennon. Now, if you recall in a past episode, specifically about the occult, you talked about Aleister Crowley. I did. You did. So John Lennon was allegedly a student of Aleister Crowley. Yes. And he influenced the other Beatles to take interest in the life of the occult. The album covers of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and a couple of others have apparently signs of the occult and Satanism on them. Sergeant Pepper does? Sergeant Pepper, that's right. 
And there was a book called The Lenin Prophecy by Joseph Nizgoda. And he talks about how in fact John Lennon did make a pact with the devil. He did in fact sign a contract with the devil for 20 years of fame for his soul. Okay. That's right. Now these are, uh, we're gonna go from this moment forward, like none of this is alleged because it's far easier for me to just pretend like it's fact as far as, you know, talking about it. Communicating it much smoother. Yeah. In that way. But the entirety of this is alleged, Um, (laughs) obviously. Yes. So on April 20th, right, of somewhere in the early 60s, the Beatles weren't famous yet. Mm -hmm. They were absolutely nothing. John Lennon was about 20 years old, was absolutely not famous. I think they worked, they made like maybe 40 bucks a week to play in some music here and there. So, but on April 20th, which was a Good Friday, uh, John was a little angry, John Lennon that is. And so he targeted, whoa, (laughs) he targeted his anger toward a group of Christian nuns. Ooh, That's right. Currently, John Lennon and the rest of the Beatles gang, uh, they were living in a flat, right? On, I believe the second story of some some building. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right across the street from them was a Catholic church. Okay. So on the morning of this Good Friday, the nuns decided to, to leave their church and, you know, walk into the neighboring area, right? Maybe they're just going for a walk. Maybe they have business to attend to. Who no knows? one knows. Okay. But John decided to hang from his balcony an effigy of Jesus on the cross. And as the nuns looked up at what they believed to be a sacrilegious display, John began th- launching Durex condoms filled with water at them. What? Yes. This is correct. Oh my God. Uh Uh-huh. So there was a lot, because by the way, once I discovered that there was a book, I found in, hold on. I don't know if I want to say this. I acquired a PDF (laughs) of this entire book and I skimmed the entire thing. Wow. That's right. Must not be a very long book. Uh, It's long enough, you know, probably like 180 pages. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went through the entirety of it in like three hours. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a really fast reader. I'm you really, actually I'm are really, a lot. I'm really smart. Your reading is much faster than mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little genius. You know what they say? <laughs> a little one? Just a little genius. So this book starts off with a lot of like lame, no one cares, you know, like the history of their lives growing up, of John Lennon specifically. I didn't give a shit about that. What I gave a shit about now is that apparently a lot of people thought that John had very anti-Christian behavior. Why? He did things specifically to piss off Christians. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, he he threw the Durex condoms filled with water at the nuns. And? And then he also, another day when four different nuns were, allegedly different nuns, were walking by his- Perhaps the exact same same. nuns. (laughs) I don't know how big this town is. I don't know how many nuns nuns they got. So when they were walking by his his flat window, Okay. uh, He announced that he had to pee because he was hanging out on his flat balcony and he pulled down his pants and he started, you know, sprinkling the nuns. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. And he he gleefully shouted, raindrops from heaven. Oh, that's so as terrible. He, as he peed upon them. What an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he needs to get pee-pee slapped. That's right. That's right. So more onto this. Apparently there was another... Uh, time that he he did in fact also again he he threw some some water filled condoms you know I mean at least they were filled with water they're filled with water it he, wasn't, apparently it wasn't pee. 
literally pissing on human beings was not off the table for him. So, yeah. you know, at least he opted for water instead of something else. Yeah. So right around this time is when allegedly John Lennon signed a contract with the devil because the Beatles went from being absolutely nothing to out of nowhere having gigs at, at local places and then very, very, very quickly having someone who had literally never managed a band before decide to manage them and immediately within within the same like couple of months began going on like national tours and then very soon international tours. Whoa. Yes. I didn't know it was that overnight. Their fame grew very, very quickly. Wow. Yeah, I've never known that much about the Beatles. I didn't know it either. And then here we are. So in 1966, like early, early 66, uh, the Beatles were on a little vacation from being on tour and John Lennon, you know, doing his thing in the uh, Kenwood estate in, in some part of England. I don't really know. And he gave an interview in which he describes himself as famous and loaded and the laziest person in England. He said, I don't mind writing or reading or watching or speaking, but sex is the only physical thing I can be bothered with anymore. Wow. He was probably about 23 or 24 at this time. Okay. So he continues to say that Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I'm right and I will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus now. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Jesus was all right, but his disciples were thick and ordinary. It's them twisting it that ruins it for me. Wow. So he doesn't give a shit and he is shitting on Christians in live interviews. Damn. Pretty bold. Pretty Very bold. bold. So an early example, possibly even the first clue about John's fate because he did in fact sign this contract knowing that he would have apparently 20 years to live. Okay. He decided apparently to make subtle clues to his, his audience that he was in fact gonna die. And so on the cover of a collection of Beatles oldies released in 66, which doesn't really oldies. make sense that the word oldies would be used, okay. right? Because it featured tracks such as Eleanor Rigby and Yellow Submarine, which have been released. Eleanor Rig. What did I say? You said rig me. Oh no, don't rig me, rig B. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor Rigby and Yellow Submarine, which were released that exact same year. So why is it called oldies? Doesn't really make sense. Okay. Except that John Winston Lennon would eventually change his own name in 1969 to John Ono Lennon. Ono? He changed his middle name to Ono, like Yoko Ono, his wife, future yeah. wife. Yeah, yeah. So he changed his middle name to Ono, John Ono Lennon. Okay. Right? So making his initials now J-O-L. Interesting. And if you look at this picture here, I do have this for you, his foot appears to be a J. And uh, if you look at J oldies, it looks like J-O-L dies. What? <laughs> <laughs> Shut that's correct. We're getting into some deep conspiracies. <laughs> That's a deep one. <laughs> oh, there's a couple more. <laughs> I had so much fun with this book. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you thought this was serious? <laughs> yeah, I did up until now. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Next album was Sgt. Pepper's Lovely Hearts Club Band. Lonely. Lonely Hearts. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good for you. Nice. So, so did Eleanor rig me also? <laughs> did she have a lovely heart? I don't know. I don't know. But, but, okay, if we look at the album cover right there, <laughs> okay, okay. Did you see it? That's the album cover. I can barely see it. It's very small. Right? It's just a basic album cover. Sure. But if you sliced the <laughs> album in half and mirrored it, it now says... One one X he die. (laughs) (laughs) Which is definitely a symbol from the devil boasting, quote, I won nine he die. (laughs) And and why would nine he die? That doesn't make sense, except that John Lennon would die on December the ninth. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) that is correct so now the next piece of evidence that i have for you is while on the magical mystery tour john has his picture taken as he is leaving a store okay and now it's curious it's curious because a picture is taken and right on behind his left shoulder are some words now, Jessica, will you please read these words behind the left shoulder of John Lennon? Yes. Yes, I will. His left? His left. His left. Okay. I mean, there's two signs back there. I don't know which one I'm supposed to read. Both. Not not that one. E best way to go is by M and DC. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. The sign did in fact say the best way to go is by M and DC. Yeah. Weird. Is it? Especially considering that the best way to go is often used as when we talk about dying. The best way to go, the best way to die. And MDC. That's interesting. Is it? If those are not the initials of Mark David Chapman, the man who would assassinate John Lennon. Huh. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. This is all adding up. Who has this much time? (laughs) This is all adding up. I need this book. (laughs) I I can get you a copy. (laughs) So now there's a song called Revolution 9 that the Beatles put out. Another nine. Another nine. Weird. So actually, John, I I skipped the entirety of it because I didn't understand it enough to put it in here. (laughs) But apparently he was really into like numerology. Oh. Thinking that like numbers are like symbols from like the fucking universe. universe, Yeah. And that you can use numbers to like predict and all this sort of shit. I have no idea. Okay. It it went way over my head. Okay. So anyway, with Revolution 9, right, they recorded it in 68, and this was John's favorite song. He considered it to be an autobiographical recording. Oh. The other Beatles hated it. They apparently tried to exclude it from the album, which was called The White Album, and they did not succeed because it is on that album. So John must have won this, this fight. Okay. Now, words spoken in the song, they foretell with eerie accuracy, Jess, Jessica. What would happen the night? Eerie accuracy? Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Okay. With eerie accuracy. <laughs> what would happen on the night of December the 8th, 1980? Oh, did they? That's right. So at the two second mark in the song, we can hear them say, number nine, number nine, number nine. Yes. When you play it backwards though, <laughs> you hear, turn me on, dead man. That's right, the reverse clip has, again, every time it says number nine, you hear, turn me on, dead man. 
says it three times. Interesting. And the final note of the song, A Day in the Life, is dubbed numerous times throughout the entire song. When John says, I'd love to turn you on. Isn't that kind of similar to Turn Me On, Dead Man? I think so. And so does the writer of this book. Okay. All right. But what's that got to do with anything? At one minute and 14 seconds, <laughs> John whispers in the recording. Whoa. Humpty Dumpty. Now, I don't know if you know the story of Humpty Dumpty. He sat on a wall and had a great but fall. But when he had a great fall and all of the king's horses and all of the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. That's true. Just like John Lennon would be shot five times and the nurses and surgeons could not put him back together again. Okay. That's right. That's right. He also says at the one minute and 20 second mark that he, I intended to pay for it, right? That's what the lyrics say. But if you really listen to the song, okay, you know he doesn't actually say the word pay. He says the word die. What? I intended to die for it. Clearly, he's confessing for his contract with the devil. That's right. So now there are a whole bunch of these. Apparently this song, every like 15 seconds has a clue. <laughs> to what's going to happen to him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to hit you with a couple of highlights in here, right? At the two minute and 15 second mark, he says, on the third night, unfortunately, right? What's now, the rest of the sentence? It doesn't matter because that's the piece that we're looking at. Okay. <laughs> on the third night, unfortunately. Whoa. Do you remember Mark David Chapman? The one who would yeah. futurely assassinate? Futurely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The future assassinator? Yes. I do. Well, he arrived in New York City where he would assassinate John Lennon on December the 6th. That's a Monday. The third night. Of and on the third night of his trip to New York City is when oh. he kills John Lennon. Uncanny. That's right. Ooh, goosebumps. That's right. Now at four minutes and 13 seconds, he uses the words, he's on fire. And this clearly is describing how John Lennon will be burning in the fires of hell. What? Yes, yes. At five minutes and 49 seconds, you can hear gunshots in the song. Okay. Odd. Why did they choose to have those? I don't know. I don't know. How many gunshots? I, I, again, I don't know. Hopefully it was five because that's how many were, were in the revolver that were used to shoot at Lennon. Why is it hopefully? Because hopefully it could prove that this is correct. Oh. That's right. So anyway, this song, right, which this man has turned into nothing but fucking a, a giant nine minute fucking prophet song about what is to come and what is to happen to John Lennon. Well, he's not the only one. Someone else also heard this song and thought, wow, this has a direct connection to the occult. Is it another famous person? That man was Charles Manson. Oh. That's right. That is right. So he claimed that he received secret messages from this song that were written specifically uh, for him. Wow. That's right. So the song, remember, Revolution 9. Sure. Um. And do you ever do you ever read the book Helter Skelter? No. So it's about, you know, the the case against Manson okay. and all that. Well, the lead prosecutor in the case against the Manson family said that Charles Manson believed that the Beatles were prophets who were looking for Jesus Christ and that he, Manson, was the Christ that they were looking for. But almost every song, this is a quote, almost every song in the White Album had a hidden meaning, which Manson interpreted for his followers. And this was especially the case for Revolution 9, when John screams, right, Manson believed he was actually saying, rise. That's right. And he interpreted this as an incitement to the black community to rise against the white middle class, rise 
actually became one of Manson's key phrases that was painted in blood at one of his murder scenes. Yikes. And this, the direct connection is to the Beatles. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting weird, right? It is weird. Yeah, we went from funny haha, to like, well, what? Well, really outlandish. Of course. Of course. To, you know, authentically gross and creepy. That's right. So you thought that was weird or creepy or, you know, more so outlandish. Words written in blood. Yeah, that's we're gonna creepy. We're going to go to what you might also consider to be outlandish. Okay. So some people believe that Revolution 9 was actually a reference to Revelation 9. Okay. In the Bible. Okay. I'm familiar. Now, I'm going to really quickly read this. Don't ask me to repeat. This is a little long, and so I just want to bust through it. Okay. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared into battle and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair on the hair as the hair of women and their teeth were as the teeth of lions and they had breastplates and it were breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running the battle, and they had tails like unto scorpions, and they were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months, and they had king over them. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Okay, I know I busted through that real quick. I don't want to repeat any of that, but just you, you kind of picked up some little parts. Sure. We'll get into that. The Bible was clearly referencing the, Be- the Beatles. Really? Yes. Okay. So the Beatles, I don't know if you know, is the beetle, a beetle, is an insect. Like a locust is. Just like a locust. Whoa. That's right. Their guitars were actually breastplates of iron. Were they made Their of music iron? chords were tails, like unto scorpions. But the guitars were not made of iron or Jessica, on their breasts. You're you're reading too literally. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's use our imagination here. Okay. And the loud amplified music, clearly that's the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. Uh-huh. For their time, the Beatles had some long hair yeah. as having the hair of women. <laughs> okay. And they had power, Jessica. So, okay. Okay. All right. Clearly, Revelation predicted the Beatles. Oh. That should tell you something. Okay. Because Revelation is end times. Spooky. Yeah. So, now, we're going towards the end of John John Lennon's life here. We're getting closer okay. to the 9th. To the 9th of December of 1980. That's right. correct. On his 40th year of his contract with Satan. I thought it was a 20 year contract. He was 40. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He was go. His 20 year contract going on 40 years of age. Got you know, it. It happens. So they were visiting a hotel <laughs> in okay. New York City. Yeah. And as they were leaving the hotel, uh, Chapman was there waiting. Oh. Plotting, some would say. Right. And after the Beatles exited the hotel, last was John and Yoko. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Yoko? Now, I don't think it was actually the Beatles that were leaving because they weren't together at this time. So I mean, they could have still hung out. That my notes might be wrong. Maybe. But people left, and the last to leave were John and Yoko. Right. So Chapman saw him. Mm-hmm. There he is. There's John. I need to kill this man. And so he did, right? And so he did nothing. He did not. He... This, was, this was not the ninth. Oh, this is. Oh. Yes. He stood there, staring, didn't do anything. Okay. He had a revolver in his pocket, but he couldn't do it. Couldn't pull the trigger. Okay. So perhaps this was God laying his hand on the scene, offering Chapman a reprieve from the chatter of his demons. That's Um, a quote. That's not my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Either way, uh, that didn't last long. 
because uh, Chapman decided to go towards John Lennon and he approached him mm -hmm. and he quickly whipped out of from his pocket an album and he asked John to sign it. Oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. You said he whipped it out. He whipped it out real it quick. It sounded really like an aggressive whipping. Oh, yeah, it was so aggressive. So he asked him to sign it and John said, sure. And he took the album, he signed it and he handed it back to him and he signed it, John Lennon, 1980, right? So now the uh, author of this book goes on a whole tangent about how it was weird that he signed 1980 on it because apparently people don't, celebrities don't sign the year after their signature. I don't really know. Don't really care either. I mean, they probably should. I don't know. Anyway. Makes sense. So Chapman thanked John for his signature and he walked away. That was it. Okay. And he felt at peace. He didn't have to kill John. Because he got a sig That's it. signature. He's done. On his album. But the peace, Jessica, didn't last because the demons inside of Chapman's skull were back. Oh no. That's right. He hears demons and they told him in his head, you can have him now. And he screamed back at them now. And they said, put your hand in your pocket. He's yours. He's mine. You promised. You bastard. Phony bastard. You promised. Wow. Yeah. These are, these are direct quotes from the demons. The, these are the deep, what the demons are saying. Yes. In his head. But Multiple voices of demons. Before anything could happen, John got in his limousine and he disappeared. Uh, That's right. So now, shortly before 11 o'clock, the night has passed a little bit more. Chapman saw it. The white limousine pull up along the edge of Central Park and he knew, oh, that's Lennon. The Onos are in there. He said, I felt it. My soul reached out to that car and I knew he was out there. So I got up, the car rolled up, the door opened and Yoko got out. It was all, in fact, Jessica meant to be. So then as Yoko was out of the car, Chapman approached and he said that this, well, this moment was in fact meant to be. They're here, he's here. What's, what are the odds? They were already in the same place that day. They're in the same city, sure. But now they're in the same place for the second time. Oh. Interesting. Was this not, didn't he catch them on the way out of the hotel? And then they got in their limo and they drove away. And so he was just wandering around the city and then the limo showed up? Three hours later, they showed up, parked their limo along the side of Central Park, got out of their limo in front of Chapman and okay. Chapman approached. Now- I mean, that's strange. It's weird. And so now all Chapman heard in his head were the demons oh, saying, do it, do it, oh. do it, do it. Like over <laughs> they, and over. They just kept saying it. Okay. That's right. So he turned and he pulled the gun out of his pocket. <gasps> oh. Now he doesn't remember aiming. Or shooting. Obviously he must have, right? Sure. Because he unloaded five rounds from his revolver and all five landed in John Lennon's chest. That's right. All five of them. Yes. So John now staggered up the steps, right, of some building. And he said, I'm shot. Or probably like, I'm shot, I is, or whatever. Oh, stop. <laughs> and blood began to pour from his chest, from his mouth. People came to his aid. They called an ambulance. All in vain. All in vain, because as you recall, he is just as Humpty Dumpty. You and cannot put cannot him back together Cannot be put back together, I see. And at that moment had been exactly 20 years in the making since he signed his contract with the devil. Was it actually like 20 years later? 100% from when the from when John Lennon and his homies were nothing. Yeah. From the Beatles to then was exactly 20 years. It's crazy. It's weird. It's weird. So, then after firing the gun, Chapman said, "That is when the devil dropped me flat. For the first time in my life I felt abandoned and hollow." Yes. That is it. That is the end. Wow. Now, 
there was a whole thing. Like I said, I skimmed that entire book, right? right? There was a whole thing about how apparently Chapman was obsessed with the book, The Catcher in the Rye. I've That I have heard. And he believed that he was completing the novel and he was writing chapter 27 okay. by shooting and killing John Lennon. All right. Also, apparently he like was watching the Beatles and their stardom for like the longest time. And every time he saw John Lennon, he was like, oh, I need to kill that man. Ah. Yeah. Like weird shit. Mentally unwell. It sounds. A little probably. Or right. the demons. It whatever you, whatever been, you want to say. Maybe it was demons. Yeah. That's true. But I just, I dove, I dove head first and down that rabbit hole and it was too interesting for me not to talk about Yes. Thank you for, thank you for sharing. The entire thing, by the way, mocked other Beatles conspiracies as bogus. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes. The, the whole, the Paul's dead conspiracy mm-hmm. was brought up multiple times and I'm said, not oh, aware of it. oh, people think that Paul McCartney died like a long time ago. And he's been replaced. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like Avril Lavigne. Yeah. So they think Paul McCartney isn't actually Paul McCartney. (laughs) Okay. But, and so. Oh, wait, I feel like I've heard that. Because, you know, people on Twitter talk a lot of shit. I'm sure you're well aware. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, conspiracies trickling around that, like, several celebrities have been, have died and been replaced over and over. And that's why slowly but surely, like, rather than simply aging, they just look different because they're different people yeah. instead of, you know, the natural process of your body looking different over the course of so many years. Um, yeah, I heard that one. I think I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I had told you before you had talked about John, you briefly mentioned John Lennon in your occult story before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember that, but I'm I sure don't, you're right. You did. I, well, cause you were talking about Aleister Crowley, but I don't recall you talking about him, uh, the assassin, Reading The Catcher in the Rye, that might just been something you knew offhand. I didn't, no, I didn't talk about it, okay. but I did know about it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, apparently he had The Catcher in the Rye in his pocket, like the his whole entire fucking life. And after he killed John Lennon, he like ran away and then didn't know what to do. So he just sat down and started reading The Catcher in the Rye again. I, and I, then yeah, multiple was, times quoted it to police. See, I wasn't aware of all those details necessarily. I thought I had heard he'd been found reading it, like, or at least it was nearby, like his copy or a copy. Um, and then attached it was a creepy, to that, like, like fucking, it was like black leather bound and it's a shit. boring ass book. I fucking hate that book. I couldn't even read it. I have no idea what it's about. All I know is that the main character is a really boring young man. Yeah. That's, it, that's the most I remember. About it's his it. job to like catch some rye or something. I remember he, there was something with like a baseball and a catcher's mitt. I, I don't remember. I thought it was really boring and I didn't I don't recall. It. I remember being assigned to read that book in high school. Same. And I read, you know, the first chapter in class, just like everyone else did. Yes. Right. Me too. And then they were like, okay, good luck. Go on, read it. We're going to take a test next week or whatever the fuck. And I, you did the night before I, I didn't even read the spark notes. I watched the spark notes video. (laughs) Welcome back again, my love. Hello. Yeah. Jessica. Yeah. Spin the wheel now. Oh, All right. This one's pretty straightforward. What foreign place have you always dreamed of visiting? This wow, was that's really mild. This was one that was also sent in. This was not ours, obviously. Well, thank you, whoever you are. We that, do appreciate it. It's very refreshing and gentle. Yeah, I was gonna say this is probably <laughs> the most <laughs> the most mild question you guys have ever tackled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. New Zealand. 
New Zealand. Oh, fucking you want, nerd. I know you want to walk there. the trail to Mordor. No, actually, <laughs> I want to get my hands on some like authentic like wool. New Zealand dick. Fucking cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that wool, what you do? Wool covered New Zealand yeah. dick. Yeah. I, I, I meant to say I wanted to take that trip alone. I know. <laughs> alone. Well, you know, since I'm a quadra amputee, like, yeah. you know, I can only take care of so many things. I planned on yeah. putting you in a suitcase, but I now. Wouldn't, I, oh, I, I wouldn't can't, be surprised. Oh, I can't. Jessica. Is that what Australian? Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jessica. Yeah, she gets, on the air, she gets off the airplane. <laughs> Hello, you want some dick? <laughs> you want some? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want some dick? Sure. Rack of lamb, some dick? <laughs> rack of lamb? Yeah, don't they? They're don't they raise food them? and don't, penis? No, the yeah. rack of the rack of lamb. Don't so they? Don't they raise a lot of sheep and shit? He watches. Yeah. Don't they? <laughs> Wait, don't he, they raise a lot of sheep in New Zealand? Lots of sheep. Yeah. yeah. No, he would need to be hand fed. Maybe they're into that. No, that's why you're not going to take me, right? No, no, you're there. You're no, watching. I'm not taking you they, now. They're going to prop you up in a chair so you can't look away. You just gave me permission <laughs> to get New Zealand cock, and that's New so Ze- I'm going to be going by myself. New Zealand. Talk, you can't. <laughs> wow. Wait, so what's the real reason you want to go there? <laughs> yeah, something, something about wool. <laughs> something about wool. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think sheep herding is really awesome, and it's really <laughs> lame. But I watch sheep herding videos on YouTube all the time. Oh, yeah, like, with, like, the dogs, right? Yep, with the, the sheep herding dogs, yeah, collies and stuff. <laughs> I watch that. I watch all of it. Border Collies. Yeah. Um, you want them to make your name on the side of a hill? I really, really <laughs> do. I super want that, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, I also, they I mean, they've all that all those sheep, they've got probably a bunch of clothing made of wool. Uh-huh. And I, I really like wool right now. So I could get my it's hands on It's fucking hot. Stuff. It's summertime almost. You like wool right now. It's not summertime in New Zealand, Terry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Globalist or something. <laughs> I'm sure there's a word for it. <laughs> Hemispherist. <laughs> Hemispherist. <laughs> they are they are about to have Terry, winter. My point is that we've never been able to afford it. I know. And so we I've always admired it. Yeah. Um, and just recently became aware of like clothing styles that I could pull off that are made of wool. And so I, I super want wool. By the way, right I have now. a coworker. That she's from like Texas and stuff, but mm-hmm. she worked in New Zealand for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And one day I decided just to ask her just like straight up, straightforward with it. I was like, hey, do they really say cunt so much? And she was like, oh, my God, no one has literally ever asked me that. Yes, they say it all the time. No, it's like them saying, dude, I love yeah. it. She's like, it's like a term yeah, of endearment. They say cunt. She's like, if, if they call you a cunt, she's like, depending on the context, you're either their best friend or they hate you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They just cunt. Everyone is cunt. I'm holding tea, you dickhead. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes. oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Apparently they're like that in Ireland as well. Uh, I've heard the same. Yeah. Yeah. Ireland Only for is them, it. it's not, you can't. It's cunt. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Kathleen. One of, one of you has took a shite. <laughs> Wait. Why is it you can't flush the toilet when one of you taking a shite? When one of you's <laughs> had the shat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. It, it was, thanks a lot, you idiot. <laughs> it was fucking one of yous. <laughs> well, it was fucking one of yous. 
Yeah. Disgusting. It's probably not Irish at all. No, I'm pretty sure she's a Scottish lady. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. They're same all the difference. same. <laughs> they all look the same. Our like yeah. two listeners in Ireland are like, what the fuck? You fucking cunts. Watch, yeah. watch our two listeners in Ireland are like, you're faking cunts. Are like key members of the IRA. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to be bombed. Yeah. <laughs> fucking pipe bomb and shit. Yeah, there's Irish bullets with our names on them right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With little crosses on them, too. Us. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're super Catholic. Like in that Irish documentary, Boondock Saints. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I think for me, I've always wanted, right? And I know I'm going to get shit on for it, but I've always wanted to go to France. You're getting very shit on because you shit on me for wanting to go to New Zealand. <laughs> France? I'd never go to France. I, I wouldn't uh, go to France. France. <laughs> <laughs> because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. So I, I've i always wanted to go there for the food. The food specifically. Yeah, enjoy Piss River. But also, I, I was I, about to say, I'm, I would like to take a walk down Piss River. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit discouraged now just because I've heard. And the heard, no-go zones. Honestly, it's not just that. It's not like, it's not just because of the population. It's more just because they're, for forever, there has seemed to be a culture of people who fucking hate Americans. Yeah, look, look. I'm is there? Not, I'm not down to deal with it. Is there a pretty, not big, but a, a significant chance that I'm either going to be stabbed or trafficked? Yeah. But you know what? You only got one life to live. You might as well go spend a week in France. Now, listen, they're going to hear our American accents. No, I'm Canadian. You don't hey sound Canadian. Yeah, I do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> How about you mind your business? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, they'll hate you even more because they're like, dirty, uh, want to be French peoples. Oh, yeah, they'll take one look at you, hear one word out of Be your like, mouth. Be like, oh, we uh, Mexican <laughs> Canadian. Oh yeah, right. I'm not walking. I'm not walking around in boots or the belt buckle, being like, well, shoot, y'all. <laughs> y'all French are I, weird out here. I'm sure. I, <laughs> where where can I where can I find some of them daggum French just, freaks? That accent. You just traveled to like four different southern states. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks oh, for shoot, having me y'all on y'all's podcast. What y'all doing out there now? Y'all eating snails? <laughs> My mammy used to, <laughs> 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 used, to get, used to put a whooping on me <laughs> when I would pour salt on them snails. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I. We just lost half of our viewership. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, southerners have actually, a sen- southerners have a sense of humor, so you're fine. They also they like rip into us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> They're not the posh Californians for our Californian oh. accents. Anyway, yes, I want to go to France, and I want to I want to experience so the food of France. So you might get along well there. Because you are a grade A asshole. That's true. And in the north end of France. So in, in my European travel your, experience. Your brief trip to France. The north end of France, which was very rural, still had major fucking assholes. Have fun in Paris, I guess. I would have a blast. I would need to speak the language just a little bit. Okay. So that we, I can, so that when they're talking shit about you me, are right? what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're talking shit about me, I can laugh with them. And then once like a German walks in 
and they start talking shit about him, I can I can chime in, and they're gonna be like, uh, "What? So suckly blue? So suckly blue? The American? So he also doesn't like the Germans?" Terry, you haven't said where you want to visit. Uh, A foreign place. I have always, uh, I've always wanted to visit Norway. Um, it's. We all were the, just talking about that today. Yeah, all the pictures are absolutely beautiful. Um, it's that, it's that, yoo-hoo, yoo-hoo, <laughs> big summer blowout. Um, there's, there's all, like every picture I've seen, it's that, that thing where it's like, like, uh, like pine tree forests, but coastal, right? Okay. And it's like, there's always like this mist on everything and they have these fucking massive rock formations and it's just beautiful there. That is the end. We're done. We're done here. We are all wrapped up and ready to end this episode. Thank yeah. you guys for joining us. Thank you to our patrons so much. Uh, if you enjoyed what you listened to, please like, share, follow, and subscribe wherever you're able to do that. <clears throat> Liking and leaving reviews is extremely helpful. Please help us to do that because we are trying to advertise and really nobody knows we're here except for a very solid and awesome, loyal crew of people. Thank you guys especially and continuing to listen is very helpful too. So please do that and tell your friends about us. Uh, you can go to our website at three where we've got all our social medias. We go live on Instagram weekly. Uh, we have a secret podcast. It's totally secret. Uber secret, super secret. It's not that secret. It's three shot cinema on our Patreon and it is exclusive to our patrons. Uh, and we have other rewards for you as well and many more to come in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to join them, like Jessica said, go to our website, threeshotsin.com. There you can find our Patreon. If you are like, oh, I don't want to subscribe on Patreon. I just want to give you like my entire last paycheck. You can do that. There's a link there for a one-time donation. You can send us whatever you want via PayPal. Sell your car, give us all the proceeds or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can do any of that all through there. There's a contact form there, so you can email us and contact us. You can send us wheel spin ideas. You can send us topic ideas. You can tell us that we suck. Mm-hmm. You can tell us anything you want right in that form. Yes, you are a very quiet audience. I yeah. can, I I think we've spoken to maybe a handful of you, but we would love to hear from more. So please reach out to us. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Let us know if there's anything you love, don't like, wheel spin ideas, topics, things you want us to talk about insults jacob is very easy to insult and we would uh, love it's to, not that easy we would love to hear uh and read into the podcast anything you've got to say about him i'm sure you have plenty to say about me we'll read that in as well well i i i got very thick skin okay, okay. I'm, I'm ready for it so so hit me please join us on instagram and uh we go live every friday right before recording join us on instagram live and uh Stay tuned for our next episode next Monday. Ish. Mm, Monday night, <laughs> Tuesday morning. It just depends. You can definitely expect it when you get home from work on Tuesday. You For sure, it'll be For there. sure it's there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the more popular this podcast gets, the closer we can get to quitting our jobs and, you know, getting you these episodes in time. Dude, I'm on the brink of quitting my job right now and we're making nothing, so. We're literally, like, in the red. We're hemorrhaging. I don't think so. Kinda. I don't think so. I think so. I think we're if like we, we're like we're like cutting our losses. We're avoiding doing the <laughs> math, but I really do think we're like we're paying to do the podcast right now. Well, whatever, it's fun. But you should be paying us, listeners. <laughs> you should be paying us. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. We appreciate every moment of your time. We love you and good night. Good night.
good or, night. Or good day. Or good morning. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>